tired. So tired. Overtired. Welcome back, everyone. It's me, Christina Warren. You're listening to Overtired. Yeah, that's right. I'm back. We're actually doing an Overtired episode with all three of us, which means that I'm here with Brett Terpstra and Jeff Severns Gunzel. Hello, boys. How are you? Man, one of those hey. people is me. It's been like a month since people have heard your voice. I know. I know. And and it's been like a month since I've heard either of your voices. So, And it feels like even longer uh, because of the various things that I've been going through this summer. So happy feels to like, happy to be feels back like we had a summer vacation. It does. It does. And and uh, maybe we should do like a little bit of a round robin on that. Like, what did you do on your summer vacation? <laughs> well, that's funny. My mental health corner. My kids go back to school on Tuesday, so it feels very. Oh yeah, real. because uh, Labor Day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All um, right. Yeah. Let's let's do that. Let's uh, let's kick off a mental health corner that includes what did you do this summer. Yeah, <laughs> which for some of us might be the last two weeks. But uh, uh, Jeff, do you want to start? Yeah, actually, mine is directly. It's not exactly what did I do this summer, but for my oldest son who's going into senior year, it was the last summer break of you know potentially him living in our home and right uh, last one as a family unit. Yeah, and and that's that hits in a new way or in a new context like all the time, and it's really hard for me right now. Like, we are a super tight family and, and like loose family, but like tight. Like we, we joke with each other, we have good shared bits. We there, I think I would say that both of our sons have like a real sense of freedom to bring up any kind of topic and not worry about us freaking out and. Um, and we have a dynamic between the four of us. My youngest is um, is 14 and it's a balance, right? Like it's a balance of these four personalities that have like developed even as, you know, we've developed like, as parents, right? Like, and, and we're at a point that we love, like we don't, neither, we were talking about this this morning. I see people with babies and even though I'm like pre grieving my oldest son leaving, I do not at all look at people with babies and go like, oh, well, then I can turn the <laughs> clock back because like. I don't want to, I loved, I love being a parent at every single stage, being a father or dad or whatever at every single stage, but there, it, there's never been a point when I didn't love the current stage enough that I didn't wish for another stage. I, I wished for when they were more snuggly, <laughs> for sure. sure. <laughs> they might like come into our bed or something. That'd be super weird now. So it doesn't make any sense to wish for it now. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like I'm, you know, and he's looking at schools out of state. Um, and that, and I get that, man, I get it. I fucking shot off like a rocket when I almost finished high school and it was over. Um, and, uh, so I understand, you know, like, that's just like a part of, in our culture, at least like definitely in American culture, that's a part, that's a ritual of growing up as you go away, way away. Um, and he's looking at that. He's also looking at schools closer, but like, um, my actual, like my mental health corner topic today was exactly this. It's like, it's like trying to get out of the trap of pre grieving something that hasn't happened yet. Even though yeah, it's not like it's, there's that thing of like, don't, don't wallow in something that may not happen. Like this is definitely happening. Right. Um, and, and it's so great for him because it, it feels like an end for us, but it's like the beginning of everything for him. And I, I have such a, different perspective now on for instance the way that when i was like 22 i went to war zones like i now know that 22 a child who's 22 is not going to feel like an old child right like he'll definitely feel like someone who's growing into adulthood whatever but like i now don't understand how my parents 
stood that. Um, so anyway, like I, I was dealing with this in therapy this week. I was like, I don't want to spend the next year getting sad every time I think about him leaving or every time he talks about being excited about going to school in Los Angeles, if he gets accepted and stuff like that. Like, I don't want that to be weighed down or burdened by my own like kind of sorrow. Cause I know that he'll have some too. And, and it doesn't help us like, and it doesn't, and it takes me away from really just continuing to enjoy what I know will be this last year with him. And, uh, and then also just the, this isn't about grieving, but this is my last bit about this is also just realized that my 14 year old, like we'll have three years of him in the house where we're a three person Mm -hmm. family, like practically in the house. Right. Yep. Definitely a four person family. Um, and I, I only realized that recently and I, I'm like, I have no idea what that dynamic's going to be like. He's going to lose. He and his brother are so close. They've never, I've never seen them fight. I've never heard them fight. And no matter what we do, if they're with us, they are behind us walking wherever we're walking, just like bullshitting with each other. And, and so he's also going to lose like a close friend and, and like, yeah, like a role model for sure. Um, And so I'm just in this space of like, holy shit, I didn't realize how destabilizing this would be inside me even a year before it happens. And so I'm, I'm really trying to work on not wallowing and grieving something that hasn't happened, especially when the grieving exists because I love what, what we have. So it's like, yeah, be there, be there. Be, be there. But I think it's also okay for you to acknowledge that you're going to be grieving and there's going totally. to be a loss and to be going through those emotions proactively so that it doesn't just hit you in May, you know, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or even worse, like next August. Like next August is going to be really hard, but you don't want to only start dealing with it then. I think it's smart for you to be dealing with it now. Yeah. I think what's exciting, though, for your youngest son, like as close as he is with his brother and there will be that loss and like that, you know, fear and whatnot. But this is also going to be an opportunity for him to figure out who he is without his exactly, brother. Exactly. Yeah. I'm excited for that. I think the part <laughs> you're right about kind of preparing, and that's definitely a thing. The part that ha- seems untenable is that I've had a couple weeks of like, I just practically start crying whenever I think about it indefinitely if I'm talking about it. And so I'm like, okay, that's too intense right now. I need to recognize what that is and like be like, that's actually amazing. Um, but then like, like you said, like figure out a way of kind of holding the reality, but not, uh, being sort of just stricken with intense emotion every time I think about it, you know, cause here's the thing. If he goes to some college somewhere far away and he calls us after week one and then also month one and month two, and he's like, I am so happy here. I will not feel that sadness. I will no. just be glad that he's happy now. If he's super miserable, that's its own thing. But I'm definitely not thinking about that. That's a bridge I'll cross another time. Right. So anyway, that's my. Have you have you studied uh, attachment theory at all? Yeah, I mean, I've (laughs) in so much as I uh, have attachment issues. (laughs) Yeah, same, same. You're not alone. Um, Do you? It sounds like you actually have a pretty secure attachment to him. Yes. Um. It doesn't seem like an anxious attachment. And vice, and vice versa, I think, not to speak for him, but I really think that's the case. Yeah. 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 So that's good. That's a nice That's a nice element to bring in. It's like my therapist kind of got to that too. It's like, you guys have a great relationship. That's that's a lot more than you may realize right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <for sure. laughs> yeah. Anyway. The other thing is, though, he, the, both of our boys, somehow we got them like a few years ago to each have a post dinner responsibility. One, one 
cleans up and puts away all the food and wipes the counters down. The other one loads the dishwasher, although the other one is 17 and does that at one in the morning. Um, <laughs> hey, but, but he still gets it done. But yeah, my wife and I were just like, oh, fuck. We're going to have to have to clean again. up. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> You're yeah. losing your free labor. That's the more selfish, less emotional, uh, uh, <laughs> like pre-regret. So anyway, that's me. That's just an adjustment. That's it's not an emotional, right. an emotional Sucks, loss. Though. Uh, Christina, do you want to Rochambeau for who goes next? Who Rochambeau? Uh, yeah. All right, you ready? One. Yep. Two. On three. One. Two. So one. Three. Two, three. Oh, god damn it! Mm-mm. I we both drew, we both had scissors. All right, try again. Mm-mm. One, right. two, three. <laughs> you go you go all right go. i'll go all right Man. okay so um what how have i been my mental health corner update slash what i've done on my summer vacation they're kind of the same thing um so as i was talking last time um trying a new um antidepressant that is actually why i was not on the last pod and i was very sorry to to miss our friend jay but uh i um Missed woke you. up and i was like having withdrawal and other issues. I was just like, I can't do it. I'm out. Um, Things seem to be going better. This week has been a lot better than past weeks. Um, So I think that I'm now through all of the withdrawal hoops. And I think even some of the side effect hoops we will see. But so far it is, this was the first week, like I would say basically from like Tuesday on where I felt better. There was a period of time where I was not like the depression was better, but I was definitely not feeling like myself. And I was like, Mm. I'm going to have to go off this stuff. This is not going to work. But now I'm kind of hopeful that's not the case. So um, I've got another, I have an appointment with my doctor. I think on like the the, the 11th or the 12th Um, check. I think it's Apple day. Um, (laughs) No, it is the 13th. It is the 13th. also, uh, side brief tangent, this is going to get us canceled or not us. This is going to get me canceled. But um, don't take me with you. <laughs> it's It's been in the last four or five years or so. But like 9-11 is finally funny. And 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 I, I keep like wanting to know like and, it, and look as like the generation who like was my friends who like went off to war and died. Like, I feel like I can I feel like older millennials and New Yorkers are the, the people who were most impacted. And so I feel like all of us know that it's it's sort of funny now, like obviously the event is not, but like we can like poke fun at various aspects of it. Like the memes, I finally feel like it's great to use the memes, but I keep wondering like, when is it going to be safe for Apple to schedule an event on nine 11? <laughs> like, like when is that going to be a thing where it won't be just like this taboo thing? Cause yeah, like if you, if you, it, cause like if you had, you have an event on D day, like nobody would give a shit. Right. Like people might be like, what, whatever. Yeah. Right. But like, yeah. So when is it going to be okay for someone to have like a big press event on 9-11? I feel like you're right. Like the statute of limitations is kind of up on that. Yeah. Um, like you could schedule it and some like right wing news source would be outraged and maybe take a few people with them. But most people would be like, yeah, September 11th. Right. That's fine. It, exactly. Right. So anyway, going uh, that, that was just a, a slight pivot and, and, and apologies for that. But like, um, so I've got an appointment with my shrink in, in two weeks uh, or a week and a half, I guess, to assess and see where things are and if I'm going to continue on this medication. Things seem to be going a lot better. Um, but th- my summer, to be honest, you guys, like has been me coming into terms with the fact that I had been depressed for years um, 
and I knew that, but I hadn't really wanted to focus on it. And then it got to the point that the depression was so bad that it started impacting my work. And that was when, as I always do, like, you know, the first time I ever had one of the debilitating issues and I couldn't get out of bed, it was when I was in high school. And then I was in college and now, you know, I'm, I'm an adult. And so it's been a difficult summer insofar as having to face the reality that, yeah, you've been depressed for years and now it is finally at the point that it is impacting. You can't cover it up anymore. It's not just a thing that's impacting your personal life and your at-home life. Like it's actually impacting your work. And if you don't get this under control, you're going to have to um, take a leave of absence. And And that was honestly my biggest fear. I was like, I don't want to have to take a leave of absence and have to, you know, try to figure things out or God, I, and I don't even know if, if going into like a treatment facility would help, right? Like I have no fucking clue. I, I don't mm-hmm. think it would, but I don't know, right? Like, you know, but I definitely didn't want to have to take like medical leave. And so this was sort of my wake up moment when I had to, that was end of June when I had to kind of face that. And then, you know, the last, you know, two months have really been all about um, trying to try out new drugs and and get out of it and do a lot of self-assessment and thinking and talking to friends and talking to my mom and talking to my shrink and, you know, get out of my own head. And so I feel like it's been good. I feel like the light is coming out of the tunnel, um, but it's felt like it's just, it's really been a a summer of rebuilding and yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And that, I mean, just hearing you say that, when you start asking yourself that question, like, is there maybe an inpatient solution here? Um, I've been to that point once and it's really intense. Even though my friends who have done it, it's like, I'm so happy for you. Right. Like, but wow. Uh, so just, just or <laughs> even know, witness even to in, that. Even intensive outpatient treatment. It yeah. sounds, yeah, it sounds like um, I'm I'll I'll talk about it in my, in my little segment of this segment, but uh it has been suggested to me that I might benefit from inpatient treatment. And it sounds like so much work. Yeah. Like to, to take time off work and spend time. If I'm going to take time off work, I want to enjoy myself. Exactly. (laughs) No, that's kind of where I'm at. And so that's been the thing that's been a struggle like balancing. And I felt kind of like an asshole because I, I mean, look, it's been a slow period at work, which I've been lucky about. It's about to get really busy. And so that's okay too, that I've been able to sort of, you know, not be super on it this summer. Um, but I've, I've had to even be more candid with people than I normally am. I'm like, yeah, I'm going through medication change issues, which I've never had to do as an adult with like a corporate, you know, high paying job before. Um, mm. I mean, I've, I've had to do it when I was going mm. through like awful medication withdrawals, Yeah, but that's different than, than trying out new drugs and getting the side effects and dealing with that. Like, withdrawal is one thing the side effect fuck up shit is completely different and not knowing if it's going to work or not yes and that's why i put off admitting to myself how depressed i was for so long because if i'm being completely candid i was at the point when i probably should have started doing this probably two years ago right and um i just let it you know fester and fester and fester and then it got to the point that i couldn't anymore so i'm i'm glad that i'm taking care of it I'm glad that I'm at least able to recognize where I'm at. And I'm glad that I didn't get to the point where I would have to, yeah, like go on medical leave. And, you know, and the reason I think that I would maybe potentially do an inpatient thing, because part of me is like, is like, would that be any better than doing what you're doing now? And I'm like, well, yeah, maybe you would be forced to do it. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. Maybe must, that would force you to actually focus on it. I've always wondered about that. Like, so I know when I think about that, it feels like such a fracture in my entire story. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's not what it's been for the people I care about who have done it. Right. It's been like, right. Yeah. I needed that. I, and also I just want to acknowledge, we put a false frame around this, given what you're talking about of summer <laughs> <laughs> and you're describing something that's two years, more than two years in the making and that you're, it sounds like you're very much in the middle of. Yeah. But is I that, feel like is that true. It's true, but it feels like I'm coming out of, right? So it feels like the nice thing has been summer and and the break or the things that that represents. And it's weird, you know, again, this is such an American thing. And this is not the case for all industries at all. But at least, you know, in my world of tech, like I'm fortunate that that Microsoft as a company is basically off in August. And mm. as a result, GitHub as a company, it, even though we have slightly different cadences and do different things, we are not going to be as active either. And um, that was a complete kind of shock to my system because the news never stops. You have slower periods, but the news doesn't stop. But I was incredibly grateful for the fact that August is essentially a no one is around month. And you can historically what I've done is I've used it to actually get shit done and like kind of, you know, uh, get myself prepared for, for, for the future. This time I was able to just kind of like, okay. Get yourself into a place that once it starts getting busy, you know, because September through, you know, early December is going to be like, bam, you know, a ton of yeah. shit, um, you know, step up. So I'm feeling like I'm in a good place, though. But that's that's my long what I did on my summer vacation slash mental yeah. health update, which yeah. to me kind of feel like the same thing. Sure. Oh, there was also there were also three Taylor Swift concerts in the middle, which <laughs> right. uh, which honestly was was good was good therapy and was good good stuff and she's going to be bringing that experience to movie theaters this october oh nice so so everyone can go was there watch that so okay i have a question about the taylor swift (laughs) concerts i i've only seen so many uh i've only seen a few aspects of the stage design and and performance Mm -hmm. and the one that obviously you see the most is when she dives into the stage um That must, now that I'm thinking of in the context of how you're feeling, I'm curious if there, is there one aspect of that show that you saw three times that felt like, I imagine that feeling like a relief. (laughs) That? Uh, Yeah. And then, so, I mean, the thing is, it's such a weird experience because it's like three and a half hours, but the whole day, like you're there for like six hours, right? If you, you, by the time you get there and you're just with all these people dressed up and everybody's singing the top of their lungs and screaming and excited and it's unlike any concert or music or any experience I've ever actually been around before because I've never been around that many people that much, you know, like everybody comes to with their own perspectives and their own stories and their own affections, but I've never been around that many people who all love the same thing that you love. Um, That's kind of fucking powerful. Um, But when she does the all too well, 10 minute version on her guitar, that's like, and everybody is is singing every word of that 10 minute version of like my favorite song and it's been my favorite song of hers before it was the fan favorite like the minute like red leaked on the internet before it came out on like it's supposed to be out on a friday and it came out on like a wednesday night and i got like a pirated copy of like the deluxe edition or whatever and i remember listening to it you know back to front front to back whatever and i remember coming back to that track five after I listened to the whole thing again, listened to it again and again, I remember, I think, I remember even saying to Grant, I was like, 
this fucking song is really good and he just he was dismissive but like i remember like that it was enough and i knew he'd be dismissive and that's fine but i knew i was like love that song and then when she you know wrote the 10 minute version which i do not at all believe were the lyrics that she wrote originally in mm. 2012 i do not believe that for a second uh, oh, so the- part of it is it's expanding on this thing that already meant yes. so much to you yeah, and and it, but and, and then she made the short film about it, right? But then doing that live because I've seen her do the song um, live before. Actually, before this tour, I'd never seen. Yeah, I had it on the red tour. Yeah, I'd seen her do it live before, and I'd watched millions of videos. But seeing that song would be enough. But then the ten minute version because it's ten minutes long. Yeah, yeah, and it's like everybody in the crowd is just like, and it's this very emotional song, and everybody just kind of you know screaming all the lyrics out is just I don't know. It's kind of uh, it's kind of like exhilarating. Yeah, sounds cathartic. So that, 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 that's that's the moment. But I love the the stage jump moment too. That's that's so cool. That transition is my favorite transition of all of them because then it looks like she swims underneath and then comes out the other side. Now, it's very since cool. I have an opportunity to actually ask, what is the context of the stage and and to describe? Right, I'm sure everyone's seen it. She yeah. jumps into what looks like water. It's a hole in the. It stage. looks like water. She goes on some slide underground and then. Yeah. <laughs> so 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 basically, I think that the setup for that particular one, I'm trying to think what she's getting ready for. It's switching one of the setups between like two of the eras, and I can't think of what era to what era it's doing. But basically, that's how they're transitioning. I think. Oh, I think when she comes up, that's when I think that the um, um, uh, folklore cabin comes up, and she starts um, doing um, songs off of folklore. Um, I think uh, when when uh, when she comes up because they. Uh, th- there's uh, a number of different set pieces, but one of the big ones is that the cabin for folklore, which was featured in the music videos, but she also used it in her Grammy performance. That's on the main stage, which is not where she spends the majority of her time. She spends the majority of her time like on the catwalk or at the diamond mm. in the center or at like a front stage. But there is like a back like main stage area where this cabin comes up like from under the ground and it looks like because it's, it's all moss covered and tree covered and it looks like it's coming out of the earth and the trees are coming in. And, you know, it's like this whole other world is taking you by. It's actually pretty cool. The The cool thing yeah. about this is because they so she announced this week that she's bringing the experience to movie theaters, which is unreal. Um, and it's going to be I'm sure, you know, they've shot incredibly well. So people will be able to see what this was. Context and I'm sure it'll then come that. to streaming. But yeah. it's it, it's it's unheard of for something like this to go to theaters this way. Um and uh yeah. I read some details about the financials behind it she's fucking smart her and her, her parents are fucking smart and it's I, I now think that she's trying to take on like she's trying to do barbie sized dollars at the box office is what she's trying to do mm-hmm. and right. i think she will mm-hmm. all right anyway i'm done that's that's my whole sorry when just I, to now brett i we got to get to you i just want to say my favorite phenomenon from this whole taylor swift thing and a couple friends did this is people getting registered as security guards and 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 working. So I have a friend who did yes. that, and he's right his back's right to the stage. But then, of course, she's walking around. So you're still yep. you have like a front row seat. And and I don't think you have to do that much work as a security guard no. at a Taylor Taylor Swift show. No, nobody's, no, no, no. That's the thing. Everybody knows they're like, oh, they're snipers. There's nobody's getting close to that stage. Like everybody, it's it's like very polite. Wait, are there like, literally snipers? Um, no. I mean, okay, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but you, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I, I don't think so, but at the same time, I probably think so. Like, if I'm being honest yeah. with you, I like, think so. Like, you don't know, and that's what keeps you from- That's the point. That's what keeps well, yeah, you from running the this point. stage. That's you can't point. be 100% sure. Could be snipers. <laughs> <laughs> In South America, I guarantee you there will be snipers. Sure. <laughs> All right. So I have a question for both of you. Yes. Um, 
leading into my my mental health corner. Uh, you've both talked about uh, certain destabilizing. Hey, there it is. We'll get, we'll get to Fuck we'll get to that in balloons. a second. Okay, we'll we'll try to figure out why that happened. But um, uh, so you've both talked about certain destabilizing events uh, that have brought forward mental health issues that you hadn't been forced to deal with before. Mm-hmm. And I have also had the same experience recently. Um, I am currently completely destabilized and flailing. But at the same time, I find myself really grateful that um, that I'm being forced to deal with things that had always existed, mm-hmm. but that I had never uh, been bothered to deal with before. Do you guys have a certain feeling of like, gratitude for this destabilization Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah, definitely i mean there's frustration sometimes with myself for waiting as long as i waited right absolutely but no but 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 no definitely i think when there are things that you know have been there that you've been able to avoid and that you've like put off and then no there is a certain sense of, of gratitude to be forced into dealing with it i think so for absolutely because you know you need to deal with it yeah yeah. yeah, like the stuff that I'm going to therapy for right now is stuff that I know I've felt before. It's stuff that has come to the surface before, and I've always found ways to circumvent it. Right. Um, but instead, I'm being forced to actually confront it, and that's been that's been good. So, okay, what I did this summer uh was work and exist and then last weekend i went to minneapolis um uh our couples therapist recommended that i give l some time alone at home because i work from home and she works out of the house so i get hours every day where i have the house myself uh but if she's home i'm home and I don't go out much and she doesn't get much of a break. She never gets the house to herself. So I've started trying to schedule more like instead of doing lunch with friends, I've been doing dinner with friends, um, drinks with friends. And I decided to give Elle a whole weekend and I would just take off and go to Minneapolis. I got to see Jeff. I got to eat a bunch of great food. I got to meet Jeff's kids, which was awesome. I just assumed your therapist said you needed a weekend where you got to see me and meet my kids. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, it does like it doesn't hurt to um, increase my social FaceTime with other people. Like that was also recommended by a therapist. So it was a kill two birds with one stone. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, the uh, the asteroid hitting the earth that killed the dinosaurs greatest greatest historical ratio of killing birds to one stone um so it was a great trip um i had a great time uh honestly i don't think it was enough time for l to feel truly like refreshed and like ready to have missed me um I think she needs more like 10 days before she's actually like, oh, my God, I can't wait for you to get home. Um, Three days was eh. (laughs) it was enough for her to get some sleep, I guess. But um, get some sleep. But yeah, it was it was good. Uh, And then the other thing that I've been doing in the last month 
is walking on my treadmill desk. Like I have a treadmill desk and I've always had the option to be walking while working. Um, but I, for a long time, have rarely taken advantage of it. Uh, since since the beginning of July, I have walked between three and 10 miles a day, every day. Wow. And I really thought that would help me lose more weight than it did. Um, it It turns out my body just has a set weight that it wants to be at. But I've built up a lot of strength and a yeah. lot of endurance and... And I am no longer like winded going on, going on 30 minute walks with the dog because I'm walking mm-hmm. hours a day anyway. Um, so that's been good. I've also been lifting. Um, so some of my failure to lose weight could also be attributed to gain in muscle. Um, nice. Well done. Un- unknown. I guess I don't have a. That's why I, when that. I'm trying to lose weight, I never lift weights. And in fact, I never <laughs> lift weights at all. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to fuck up the data, but I've been stable as far as bipolar goes. I've been stable for six months or more. Amazing. I've, yeah. I was going to say track. it's been so long. I'm so proud of you. Amazing. Yeah, well, yeah. Like there's a certain in historically, that's been a kind of shitty thing for me because okay. Because without mania, I don't get anything done. Right. But I have found I have found that new stable that I was looking for, where I am actually like energetic and productive without right. tipping over. I was gonna say that's the thing. If you can find that point where you don't have to use, because I I don't want to speak for you, but having been on this pod with you for so many years and talking to you, it does feel like sometimes maybe you've used those periods of mania as a crutch. Yeah knowing that you could, you know, get things done and do other things and almost like, you know, you you kind of like, you know, used it as this thing. And not to say that there can't be good, it, it, not that it's not amazing that you can do great things with it, right? But I think it's even better if you are able to get things done without yeah. it. Agreed. Yeah. In the past, Agreed. you'd be like, ooh, organic cocaine. Um, <laughs> excellent. Right. Uh, I, I also wanted to say, Brett, about that six months, I almost, it, it makes me wonder, uh, this is a question to you, um, I wonder, has it allowed you to get, I wonder if there was just an amount of time in which you are going to be bound to be asking yourself, what am I without X, right? But then after six months, you have to have answered that. (laughs) Yeah. So between the uh, extracurricular meds I'm taking um, and, and just a general shift in my overall uh, like mental stability, like the new, the new stable kind of just came about without effort. Um, after, after a few months, I just found like a way to be productive, a way to keep coding, a way to keep creating, uh, without the mania. And honestly, like the point I'm at right now, I could comfortably exist in for the rest of my life. Um, like it's amazing. I no longer feel a need to like try to trigger mania just to, just to get that spark of creativity, just to get that, um, uh, burst of productivity. Like I finally have like a stable and it's every day. Right. Yeah. Like 
Instead and you can of kind like, of count on it. You're not flinching. Maybe are, are I still flinching sometimes? Like, oh boy, is this it? Oh no, there have been a couple times when I've gotten like a bad night's sleep, and I think, oh god, now I'm going manic. Um, that happened on my last night in Minneapolis. Uh, I switched to a different hotel, and the bed was uncomfortable, and the AC was too loud, and it was just a shitty hotel. Um, and I didn't sleep at all that night. And I drove home. I drove the two and a half hour drive back to Winona on about two hours of fitful sleep. And I thought for sure that was going to be the trigger that made me manic. And it, it didn't happen. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. Yes. And that night that I, it was like Southside Minneapolis and I was pretty far from uh, the kind of centers of good restaurants, like the the clusters of good restaurants. But there was this place right across the street from my hotel called, uh, I want to say the Clay Pot. And it was an Indian oh, yeah. restaurant. And they had little symbols on their menu for gluten-free, dairy-free, and vegetarian, vegan. And... Um, 90% of their menu was gluten-free and dairy-free. And then like 70% of that was also vegan, which is like, that's my sweet spot, right? Gluten-free, dairy-free, vegetarian. And I could order anything. And I, I had such a good time there. And they asked me, do you want spice level one through seven? So I was like six. I can do six and it was mild and I wish I'd done seven. And then I wish I'd asked, do you have like a white people versus like Indian people scale <laughs> that I can like get in on? Just an I've... amazing example of, of totally useless um, data definition. <laughs> right. Um, I've been really into hot I mean, ones. six, are you kidding me? Like you go up to six <laughs> and six is not hot. That's just a one, two, three situation. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've been really into watching Hot Ones lately. I love the Hot Ones. Amazing. I love it's, Hot Ones. It's so great. If you love celebrities and you want to see them sweat, it's a and great- And if you love good interviews. Good interviews. Yeah. I was going to say, Excellent. he's a remarkably good interviewer. Excellent like, interviews. Know? Yeah. Um, I introduced my, we'll call her my sister-in-law. I'm not married, but my my girlfriend's sister, um, I introduced her to it just last night. And and we had a blast watching um, Anna Kendrick and LL mm -hmm. Cool J. Um, you should um you should ha watch the SNL parody of Beyonce. I've on seen Hot it. Ones. I've seen it's it. It's really good. Yeah. it's so good. Um, but I watched so much of it that I was like, I want to order these hot sauces and do this <laughs> along with them. Um, so is that I, a thing? Is that a thing, or is that yeah. your invention? Oh, yeah, cool. no, you can do that. Um, so I've been like doing the wing challenge along with people and getting that fucking body buzz you get from yeah. excessive heat. Like I have the, I have the last stab triple X, which is like three versions of the X pepper, which is the hot, hotter than ghost peppers. It's, and I love it. Like I can eat, I can, I can drink that right out of the bottle. My spice tolerance is insane right now. Awesome. Christina, you just went into sports broadcaster mode. Yeah. With that did. microphone all of a sudden. I in did. Your hand. Yeah. I know. I know. Well, I'm sitting on the floor to record this. And so, uh, I, um, so I'm just, yeah, I wanted to make sure that it's near my mouth. 
That's all. I, I just learned, I don't know if any of you listen to the Political Gab Fest podcast. It's one of the few that yes, I, I have for years. I, I go on and off, but it's probably my yeah. longest lasting podcast because it's been on for almost 20 years and I've been listening I to it I haven't since mi- the beginning. Oh, yeah. I haven't missed an episode in, I think, 10 years. And and it's not even like I totally relate to everyone's politics all the time. But anyway, it, for totally. people that don't know, it's John Dickerson, who is just a very kind of like, he may be sort of center, but he's got such a heart and and he's got such an amazing way of talking about political conflict. And also he's amazing at analogies and metaphors. Yes. And then you got David Plotz, who's just like, kind of like, I mean, he's the animal, the wild animal of the bunch of them. Like he'll, he's yep. the most willing to say something that everyone else is like, what the fuck? And then you got Emily Bazelon, mm-hmm. the the New York Times love- reporter, and and she works at, at Yale Law School. She's yeah. So anyway, I just learned that Emily Bazelon in one of the podcasts. Not only I knew she recorded in her closet every episode, but she records on her knees in every episode <laughs> and apparently has in the entire like twenty years they've been a podcast. Wow. And I was like, man, That's if insane. I was on my knees, I couldn't get up. That's nuts because I used to always think because it originally started it, they were they all worked for Slate. Now I don't yes. think any of them. Work None of them Slate. work for Slate. Yeah, but it is still Slate produced and Slate distributed. Um, but I thought they all worked out of like probably the Slate DC office is what I assume. They used to. Yeah, they used. Yeah, to, that's what it is. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They used to. Now they're all over. I mean, I think John Dickerson oh, yeah, no, comes know, in from the CBS all, like, studio, right? Exactly. Yeah, John Dickerson's <laughs> in the CBS studios. David Plotz has his own empire of various things that he's yes. bought, and and Emily with her, you know. Uh, you know, distinguished Yale professor and yes. New York Times magazine. You but know, they still pedigree. act like they're in a tiny, sweaty studio together. I mean, I really, they do. I love that podcast. I so love much. that pod so much, and I love again, like I love uh, the um their cultural gab fest is one that they've had. That one's had like a rotating thing of crews, but but Dana Stevens has been with that um for a long time. But yeah, like I love that they are still all with it and they do it. There's something comforting to me about the political gap fest like totally i just i love it yep it's amazing is it at all like pod save america they're such bros and (laughs) and these three are they are so different and none of them for me i mean they're all just such wonderful personalities and i'm never like oh fuck now he's talking or she's you know right and with pod save america i'm just like i don't want to fucking totally guy again all right and i loved it i mean leading up to the trump like the first I used to like Trump it victory, and then I, got, I, got I was obsessed it. I was obsessed do you like it Brad I mean we sat here I, shitting on it I have enjoyed yeah. it in the past um I feel like their YouTube episodes are way too long for my attention span I haven't seen those um either but anyway last thing I'll mention before I yeah, close my, um <laughs> I've been we a, get there I've oh, been yeah, officially Brock, yeah. diagnosed with PTSD um, as a result of religious trauma, although that's not part of the official diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And and uh, like technically it's complex PTSD, which is PTSD right. that results from repeated um, trauma and not from a single instance of trauma. Um, and uh, I, it has been suggested that I do inpatient treatment mm. for this PTSD because it kind of rules my life right now. Mm. And, and I didn't realize this until things were destabilized. Um, But like I said, inpatient treatment there, I have some stigma around the idea. And also it just sounds like such a dedication that I'm not at a point yet where I'm eager to do that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I see. I understand both of those things. I mean, the, the stigma, I think, no matter what we all talk about, I mean, look, we are all open and honest about our issues, but there is always a stigma around those things. 
because at least for me, I always hold up. I'm like, okay, well, there are, you know, people like me. And then there's like legitimately fucking crazy people. And I don't want to be one of those like legitimately fucking crazy people. Right. Um, people with and, 72 hour holds and right and right suicide watches and yeah and and, and, and you know uh, acting deranged and you know seeing um hallucinations and and doing all kinds of shit right so um people who are like in a frequent state of psychiatric breaks so i, I understand that aspect that there's a stigma involved but i think the i mean i think the thing there is because you've 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 done rehab right yeah Right. So like you understand that sometimes it's not about anything with you. It's like, okay, this is what I need to be able to take the time to focus on this. Yeah. But I under also understand from your point of view being like, okay, this seems like this would be so much work. And even though it's work you need to do, it might not be a work that you are wanting to like like I'm going right now. I'm going to two different therapists right now. I have a couple right. therapists and I have a a private therapist and that seems like enough work to me. Like I, think so. I am, I agree. and I'm <laughs> actually, yeah, I'm actually seeing my personal therapist twice a week right now. Yeah, um, I mean, you're doing a ton. I mean, I would ask two things. I would ask one: Would this actually be that much more work? Because it, I, I kind of feel like it wouldn't be. That's an interesting. That's a great um, question. I would not. I mean, have I, th I think one that. would be that. Like, would it actually be that much more work, like emotionally and whatnot? Because I, I now that you've talked about all the stuff you're doing, I kind of feel like it wouldn't be. But I think then the second question is. Is this something that right now at this moment in your life you think is important enough for you to be able to take a pause on everything else that you have to go do this thing for however many weeks? Yeah, because that's the thing is like this destabilization has brought up issues that I'm kind of desperate to deal with. Uh, like I kind of want these over. I kind of want these solved. I kind of want a way forward. So the answer to that question is yes, I do think okay. it's worth taking a pause. And I think I would be more likely to consider an outpatient program, yeah. like an intensive outpatient program. Totally. Um, where I had some time in between sessions uh, to just live my life and maybe take the time off of work, but yeah, but be like actively daily working on some of these issues. That might be that might be like a good counter like like middle ground because I know like for me when I was kind of and I wasn't at the point where a doctor was suggesting anything to me that I was just doing my usual thinking ten steps ahead of every potential outcome <laughs> thing which is what I do I was like my my big like I guess fear like you know concern about inpatient things is like okay I know that you need to focus on this like outpatient might be better because I was like look I I can understand that this needs to be focused on. But I also don't want to be in a scenario where it feels like I'm in jail. Like, I right. don't ever want to yeah. go to any yeah, place yeah, where yeah. they're like, oh, you can't be on the Internet. You can't right. do whatever. Like, yeah. fuck you. Like, <laughs> I, I'm not, you know, like if I'm paying money for this and I'm yeah. choosing to do this to better myself, if I'm not being held by the state, if I'm not being ordered by, you know, the government, if this is not part of like my way to get out of jail, I'll uh, be goddamned if you tell me what I can and can't do. As you know. someone as someone who has done that and I, has been in locked ward treatment programs. Um, there is a certain uh, relaxation that comes sure a couple is. days in when you realize you just no longer have the option to be on your phone, to be on the internet, to be involved in any way in your day-to-day -day circumstances. And you have been given the freedom to just focus on the issue at hand. Um, there's a there's a relaxation that comes with oh, that. I, I 
and I don't doubt that. I think I would just want it to be my choice, right? Sure. Like I would yeah, it be absolutely. my choice to be to say I'm choosing not to talk about anything work-wise. I'm tar- choosing not to engage with anyone in my life. But if I want to relax and read an article on the internet or yeah. whatever, or watch videos on YouTube, I can do that. I don't want to be, you know, deprived of of those things. Or if I want to talk to a friend, you know, I don't want to be like deprived of that, which to me, that would be the things that I would have to look into personally. Like I'm not speaking for you, but like if I were ever to go in an inpatient thing, I'd be like, yeah, okay. So what are the restrictions? Because sure. if, yeah. if it's going to be like jail or like drug rehab <laughs> when I'm not a drug addict and I'm not here by, you know, force of someone. No, all of my longer stints in rehab were entirely voluntary. Um, which does make a difference because I'd been in like 48 hour recovery centers Mm -hmm. that weren't my choice. Um, and that is, that's a total freak out kind of like, yeah, (laughs) uh, agency is paramount in that kind of break. But anyway, so, okay, next topic, and it doesn't have to take long, but uh, you guys were mentioning the balloons that were coming up in my yes. avatar. And this has been a thing because I do telehealth for therapy and I'm running Sonoma. And which is it, what? I don't even know what that is. The latest That's the next Mac version of Mac OS. Oh, duh. Oh, man, I am out of touch. I used sure. to watch all the events. Okay. And and like it has this thing called reactions that apply to anywhere your video camera is used. So I would be in like a private portal for a therapy session and I would be talking about trauma and balloons would come up over the screen. That's some good and AI. Fuck That's Apple. some great AI, man. Yeah, yeah. And I still haven't figured out what triggers it. Like you guys saw it, but I wasn't yeah. doing, I wasn't making yeah. any Let me just gestures. say that there were three points at which balloons came up and it was a super fucked up contrast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and you can imagine how thrown my therapists were as yes. I'm talking about <laughs> intense okay, but- trauma. <laughs> But what's fucked up to me, like, I understand in FaceTime why this would be active. Why are they putting this for any app that uses the fucking video API? Like, that's fucking stupid. It's a very good question. And you can disable it, but you have to disable it one at a time for every app that uses your camera. So it can surprise you if you're using, like, Teams for the first time. All of a sudden, you have to go in and disable reactions there. Um and there's a bunch of reactions that are supposed to like you're supposed to be able to make a thumbs up and it shows a thumbs up on the screen, like a little uh, right. emoji of the thumbs up. And like, I can't actually trigger these on purpose. And and I and it's always accidental and it's always a surprise. I'm, I'm thinking about checking myself in for treatment balloons. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like my my cat died balloons. Balloons. Like, yeah, it's very it's nine eleven. It's funny yeah, now. Not, balloons. I mean, that would actually. I have. Really I have. I want to pick up on that topic before we're done, but uh, yeah. I have some. Uh, it is actually funny, but it's a different kind of funny. Okay. Okay, that was all I had to say. Is I think it's a. It's a weird future feature that needs some smoothing out. Um, <laughs> it's just, yeah, it that needs was to not generous. Be by default, it needs yeah. to not be enabled by default, and it needs to not be enabled on third-party apps at yeah, all. I agree. Like, I agree. <sighs> That's definitely an opt-in situation. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Opt-in to balloons. Yes. I mean, the the chaos well, monkey in me loves it. 
Because when, <laughs> when I when it started happening, oh my god! Can you imagine the Jeffrey Tubin Zoom scenario with this? Yes, yes, I love Holy it. Holy shit! I they they, they come in and not only do they see him whacking off, but they also see balloons everywhere. <laughs> the uh, the when it started happening, I did not know why. All I knew was in all of these conversations I was having video with people. Uh, just randomly balloons were coming up. No matter what app I was using, balloons were coming up. And it's the only one I've ever actually triggered is the balloons. Yeah, what are the what are some of the other options? I guess I should look at it. There's like see. thumbs up, there's smiley face, there's I like I don't know. you you have video, you're seeing people's faces and their hands. Like, why do you need to emphasize that in any way? Um, but oh, when it, have a I have a theory, I have a theory when it started happening though, I had no idea why. And it took me a while and some, some Mastodon posts to come down to like, oh, you can go up to the camera icon in the menu bar and disable reactions for each app. So this could be the fault of big hot air balloon, because when I search Sonoma balloon, I get a lot of Sonoma <laughs> County hot air balloon tourist <laughs> results. Those people got their fingers in this. Dirty little hot air balloon fingers. Ooh, episode title. Um Should uh, we take a, should we take a quick sponsor break? Yeah, 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 yeah. All yeah. right. This episode is brought to you by Lackadaisical Attitudes. Lackadaisical Attitudes. Is your podcast getting fewer sponsors than normal? Is your work giving you a smaller bonus than you'd hope for? Try a lackadaisical attitude and just do your best to be interesting. The sponsors will come back. The market will improve. In the meantime, a lackadaisical attitude can help you get better sleep, have more energy for the things you care about, and spend more time with your family or pets, even if you don't have enough money for them. Lackadaisical may also be sold under the brand names lazy, half-hearted, laid-back, or passive. Side effects may include dizziness, explosive diarrhea, unexpected hair growth on the brain, and, in rare cases, imaginary discharge. Thanks, lackadaisical attitudes. Did you make Thanks, this up? Yeah, I just wrote that. Oh, everyone's in a while that. you write a comedy sponsor break. No, I, lo- I, I loved I loved that. Uh, I, now I understand why you'd asked me something before the pod started. <laughs> that, that, that's a great sponsor. And uh, also, um, you can take lackadaisical attitudes with um, Give Zero Fucks. And <laughs> that's a great combo. Good. That's good. Yeah, that's yeah, good. That should have been in the read. Um. I want to just. If I know what you were doing, I would have like helped you like, punch it up. I would have like helped you on this because I'm. Yeah, I we also should, we should have workshopped this. For we we should have workshopped. It. I was going to say because I have I, I'm having a I've had a big steeping heap, um, uh, you know, spoonfuls of of uh, lackadaisical attitudes as of late. <laughs> Fucking love it. Um, I want to pick up on nine eleven, and then probably we should just do gratitude, huh? Yeah. Um. So I I I had a bad habit for a long time. Anytime someone said, you know. Uh, oh, that will be like if you're setting an appointment together. Like, how about 9-11? I would have to – I would either say or have to hold back, never forget. Um, <laughs> yes. And I recognize that that wasn't really funny. But I also just want to say in terms of, of anything like that, any mass trauma event being funny, it's an exhale, right? It's like a yes. – because it wasn't yes. just that event. Like So for me, two days later, there were so many flags up everywhere. And I was biking home from my job at the Newberry Library in Chicago. 
And a car came by me with a flag haphazardly taped to the antenna. And that flag almost blinded me. It almost went straight into my eye. And I just remember thinking like, this is both funny, not funny right now, but like this, if if it continues like this, we get to own some of this and say, this is absurd. Right. So the tragedy of it, it's not funny. But the like historical moment in which Clear Channel, my son just researched this. I didn't even know the extent of this. When Clear Channel sent out a list of songs that radio Mm -hmm. stations they owned could not play, that list of songs is bananas. My baby, she sent me a letter that was banned um, because it had an airplane in it, right? Like Jimmy Eat World had to rename their album Bleed American to Jimmy Eat World because Bleed American was like not, and it happened to come out like on 9-11, so it was a whole thing. And they had to like rename the fucking album so that it could be released in stores. Yes, wow. uh, you know if I'm if I'm not mistaken, the hip hop group The Coup, yeah, I'm, I'm confirming that now, had a record that was supposed to come out maybe on 9/11. Oh, that's right, and and the it showed art. exploding World Trade Center. Yeah. Um, and and anyway, so it was an insane time, and I think anyone who lived through it um, has every right to exhale, to like blow off. Like I remember once, um, I was I did a I spent three days with a forensic anthropologist who basically developed the field of unearthing and examining bodies in mass graves, right? And and I w- he was showing me a picture from Guatemala where he was working, and there was the families of the people that were being dug up or that they hoped would be in there were sitting in lawn chairs eating ice cream at the edge of the grave. And one child had an ice cream cone and was kind of laughing. And I said, talk to me about this, this context. And he's like, you know what? When you're in a situation like that, you actually have access to every human emotion because mm-hmm. you have so much of the hard stuff that people never experience, but you're also human. And so there's going to be boring moments. There's going to be humorous moments. And, uh, and I think there's something in that for this, but I just wanted to share a couple of <laughs> stories about this. So uh, just like but as part of my work, um, uh, organizing against the Iraq war in 2003 because I'd been traveling back and forth and stuff. I was doing a a tour, like I was traveling around the Southwest with my friend Rahim Al-Hajj, who's an incredible oud player. He was actually jailed in Saddam Hussein's Iraq for writing protest music without lyrics um, and was tortured, the whole thing, right? And so we were driving around the Southwest together. But at one point, we got to go to Taos, New Mexico for a film festival that we were going to speak at. So basically what happened is like, I'd tell stories from Iraq. He'd, we'd like go back and forth. He'd tell stories and then play a song. I'd tell stories. He'd tell stories. Play. It was awesome. And so um, he, we were at an airport to take a small like prop plane to um, Taos. Up, we were we actually flew along the Rio Grande. It was amazing. And uh, he had his oud case, which is a very it's a it's an unusual looking instrument if you're from here. Um, and 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 it has an unusual case. No matter where you are, it's because you can't see it's an instrument. And the security guy, as we were checking in, it was a little airport thing, right? Was like, okay, what is this? And he's Iraqi, right? At a time when Iraq is considered our enemy, you know, like whatever. And uh, he's like, what is this? And he's like, well, it's an oud. And he goes, he goes, says to him, don't worry. I know how to fly a plane, but I don't know how to land. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, holy shit, too soon, but amazing. And it wasn't too soon because he, his entire family and country was about to be destroyed because of a lie about September 11th. He gets to make whatever fucking jokes he wants. I feel like, I feel like having a sense of humor takes um, some bite out of trauma. Yes. Um, I mean, I feel like the entire comedy industry is full of people 
full of trauma who have learned to laugh at their own. Totally. Well, it's cops, you know, gallows humor. You know, you will never find people who make like more like fucked up, but like pretty fucking funny jokes than like police officers. Yeah. Because they've seen some shit. Every day. And I mean, and I want to just I want to asterisk for all the shit about police. But yes, they see Every well, shitty thing every day. Implicit, yeah, no, no, I, I know. And that's fine. I just had to explicit it. Not because not you were doing anything I felt like was wrong. We had to um, explicit it. Okay. But let me just, here's another one. And this is more about coloring in um, the story of 9-11 and, and some of its victims. And I don't speak for anybody except this, except to describe this one amazing person. So I was working for like a, you know, peace organization or whatever, right? A- after 9-11. And we helped to organize um, a delegation of people who had lost love ones in the World Trade Center attacks who wanted to go to Afghanistan um, and and make the point that this is not what we wanted, right? Like, right. Um, and one of them was this woman, I'm not going to say her name, because, but she was like in her um, early 70s and her, I don't know if you remember this story, but there was a guy who um, died because he was trying to help someone in a wheelchair get down. And, yes. and this was her brother. And um, and so she's, you know, this isn't, this is, by the way, is only, it's not even a year after 9-11, right? And and so she wants to take that grief, but also say, fuck you, you can't have it um, to, to kind mm-hmm. of destroy Afghanistan. And uh, right. so she goes to Afghanistan and she, when she comes back, she comes to our apartment where we also ran our organization out of and she's sitting and having coffee with us. And I was like, so tell me like what, tell me something about the trip. She's like, I got to fire an RPG. I was like, wait, Fucking what? A. She's like, yeah, it was somebody, uh, one of these these guys had an RPG and there was like an old, like a destroyed car. And he's like, do you want to shoot the car? And I was like, <laughs> fuck yeah, I want to shoot the car. And so yeah. like here, this is what I, I, I love about humans. It's like they were on an honest to God, like peace activist right. mission. But she's like, yeah, f-, which is what I would like. Fuck yeah. Same. If, if I had, if I was actually offered to shoot an RPG, hell Agreed. yes. Agreed. I've never shot a gun. I've never wanted to fire a gun. But if somebody offered me like the chance to like blow up a tank or something, like fuck yeah. So just like like, I know no one's I know no one's gonna get hurt. I know like what like absolutely yes. Yes. Why not? There had to be yeah. There had to be moments of levity like that because it was such a it was first a national trauma and then it was a national absurdity. Um, while while people were still while still being a trauma. trauma. Yeah, like yes, clearly became an absurdity while it was a trauma and then it became like uh yeah became used for these other things lies told by the people you know um uh, propagated by the press you know to to sell these things that didn't happen yep. uh this is funny judy fucking miller is an <laughs> idiot um and this is how i know that she's a, an actual fucking moron i was in the green room with her uh, not the green room i was in the makeup room with her on, to say on something one. lying ass new york times reporter that basically assisted in a way in making the yes. case to go to the, on, the only good thing about her was that she did go to jail rather than giving out the sources i will give judy credit for that yeah well done but she fucking sucks. But I was, I was, we were both in the makeup room at Fox. I was going on one channel. She was going on the other. Bitch didn't know how to do copy paste on her iPhone. Oh, nice. I had to, I had to show her how to copy and paste something on her iPhone. <laughs> and, and I did mostly so I could tell the story that I had to show Judy Miller yes. in like 2013, 20, no, like 2014, 2014. I had to yes. show Judy Miller she's how a, to copy paste a, on her iPhone. She's a writer. She's a New York Times yeah. reporter at she's, the time. She's one of the most famous journalists. All like, right. Yeah. She like went to jail rather than giving up uh, Scooter Libby. Okay. I mean, you don't go to jail rather than giving up someone named Scooter. <laughs> right. You just don't. And I have, I had a big brother type named Scooter, but, and I would go to jail for him, but um, that's amazing. Wow. 
Yeah, what a time. I mean, and, and just to like uh, be clear that if anybody's doubting we understand the gravity, I was um I, I lost nobody. I was in um I was on the Lower East Side a week after the uh a week after September eleventh. And yep. I will never forget there was nobody and the walls were covered and the, everything was every surface was covered in missing person um yep. flyers. And I and that haunts That's haunting. Me. Haunts me. That was a week after, though. That was when driving from Chicago to New York, it was incredible because it was this like parade of construction workers heading to help, right? Like, right. And yes. despite health risks, despite everything, that was a moment to be fucking everybody, proud everybody, of. Everybody came together 100%. Oh, and then it, it was turned incredible. Into this- and then it, it it turned into this, you know, like uh, jingoism, you know, like yeah, other thing against the wrong fucking people. But I digress. Yeah. Um, not yeah. not that like Saddam didn't have plenty of reasons to be against him, but like not yeah, under yeah. these reasons. Like yeah. it's such. So, yeah, I just uh, it, I yeah. just thought of the perfect episode title that I absolutely will not use. <laughs> OK, tell us. 9-11 is a joke in your town. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. I was just going to say, how's that happen? But exactly the reason you're not going to name it is why that. I fucking love it. I I love it. But no, it can't happen, unfortunately. That that's some always that's some always sunny shit. And uh, and even they might be like, "Eh, I don't know. And they'll do anything. Yeah. Yeah. And also, just to end this, I just a little paradigm shift. Um, it wasn't the 3,000 who died on 9 11, it's the hundreds of thousands who died alongside those 3,000 yes. in the response. And I don't yeah. think. I don't think anybody who can't accept that is is is, is truly in touch with their brain and heart. Yeah. <laughs> right. Anyway, oh, but also, but also, but also the George Bush like reaction memes where you're saying like, you know. Ariana Grande is dating SpongeBob, like, and 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 it's you know somebody whispering into his ear, you know, while oh, he's eating right. my oh, pet goat. That's Woo. fucking funny. Woo. That's fucking funny. Yeah. That was something. This would be an awesome time to lead into a sponsor, but we don't yeah. have any. Yeah, 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 right, right, right. It that's would. Not, that's not if you do want to sponsor us because we find things like 9-11 funny, um, you can uh, <laughs> contact us at uh, sponsors at, at overtiredpod.com um, or, or contact us other ways. But yeah, please sponsor us. Thanks for listening to our season finale. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Series finale. Um, all right. Should we do gratitude? Yes, please. Just to, for like a totally bizarre shift. Absolutely. I can kick it off. You kick it off. All right. I'm picking Ivory. Um, awesome. From the people who brought you Tweetbot, the what was for, oh, formerly Tweetbot. I Tweetbot. Love you. I right. Miss you. We all love Tweetbot. We all, we all used to love Twitter. I, I still have it installed because I'm sorry. X. Um, I'm not going to call don't it. Do it. Yeah. Don't no, do I, it. I also I also cringe at the thought of actually saying X. Um, it's so stupid. But. Anyway, Mastodon has become my new home. Um, I'm on Threads. I'm on Blue Sky. I'm not on T2 because I don't care. Um, And uh, Mastodon, like I accumulated a critical mass of followers and following uh, that it is interesting to me daily in the same way that Twitter used to be. Um, and nice. Ivory is my client of choice. Uh, Tweetbot creators, Tapbot created Ivory. And uh, if you have a Tweetbot subscription, I don't know if they're still doing it, but it would allow you to uh, switch your subscription over to Ivory um, and support them in that way, uh, which I gladly did. And I'm running Ivory on 
Mac and iOS, and I love it. Yeah, it's a great app. Um, my um, Twitter, uh, my Tweetbot subscription ended, like my yearly one, like it was right at the time that basically they had to shut down. So it, there might have been like 14 cents or something that was remaining. But it was one of those things where I was just able to not have the you know subscription renew and it wasn't a big deal. So it hadn't like renewed for another year or anything. So I was fortunate about that. But then I, of course, immediately did like the $24.99 or whatever mm-hmm. the thing is, you know, to, to be able to support them, get the Mac app and the iOS app. And um, uh, they're, they're great people. It's a great app. Um, I've been spending a lot more time on, on Mastodon as well. I haven't been on any social media for the last few weeks. That's been sort of a choice. Might talk about it at another time. Um, but, uh, when I do, like, I, I definitely, I, there are parts of Mastodon that I definitely, um, like to dunk on. There was a person who genuinely, this was not a joke and then had like very long conversations with people afterwards that I desperately wanted to dunk on. And and now the moment has passed who very earnestly said that if you call Twitter, Twitter and not X, that that's this, that's akin to dead naming. (laughs) <laughs> and um oh, fuck you and 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 that exactly and that's the sort of that's the sort of tumblr like internet eating your brains that's the sort of 2014 tumblr bullshit that i love and i adore but i also really want to dunk on like yeah. and and the only thing is like 2014 tumblr you'd have those unhinged stuff and you could absolutely dunk on them and nobody would come at you there's some of my mastodon followers who would be like you're punching down you're being mean I don't care, honestly, if sure. you're that unhinged, if you're that dumb, like, I feel like we should all be able to call you out on being a fucking psycho. But um, I, I do love moments like that on Mastodon. I'm like, never change you, you weirdo, like far too left to be actually useful, like fuckers. Um, it's it, it, it's akin to dead naming. Um, oh, for, for that reason alone, I'm never going to call Twitter. X. Wait, what is dead naming? I don't know. I feel so old. It's when you oh. call someone who's transitioned genders. By oh, their duh. old name. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Yes. I know this phenomenon. I did not realize it was. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Which okay. is a ridiculous comparison to renaming it, it, on, a corporate every, brand. Uh, and on every level, it's they're like, oh, this is respecting this and that. I'm like, okay, there's like respect and then, and for they, whom? Exactly. And then, and then, then, uh, like you, like this person, like they got into like, maybe I'll actually put the, put the thread, um, of this in the show notes because it was truly remarkable. They got into like, uh, a lot of people had like very good faith conversations with this person who again was not shitposting, was being completely earnest and honest about this. Like they thought through a lot of things and were just very committed to this. And it wasn't a bit. If this had been a bit and they were committed to it, I would have found it hilarious. But they weren't. This is not a bit. This is actually genuine. And I'm like horrified, but also sort of obsessed. <laughs> anyway, um, Ivory's great. Love it. Awesome. All right. Oh. Jeff. Jeff. Um Last week, uh, Jay and and prior to that, Christina had mentioned the Arc browser, um, mm-hmm. awesome. and and I finally gave it a shot because I do. I, well, I'll just say like uh, I'm repeating, but I also want to talk about it one particular feature. Um, it is who'd have thought that you could be utterly stimulated, even overstimulated, by the reimagining of the browser, and and that is what happened to me, and I and I'm still. You know, part so I have this like really hard balance, which is it's so much fun to play with it that 
the part of me that tries to tweak everything and then doesn't get shit done is, is like, is really activated, especially with this feature I want to talk about, which is so cool, but which I have to keep my hands off of, which is boost, which allows you to basically, I mean, you can customize how a site looks in like developer mode on any browser, right? But it allows you to kind of save your customizations so that you can change any website in any way you need to, um, and leave it that way for any time you go to it. And so doing that almost killed me because the first thing I wanted to do was change Hacker News, which someone has done. You can use the yes. boost. But I was like, oh That's my God. Awesome. My first thought was like, Hacker News, like I can make it bigger so I can read it. I can take it. Yes. So the part that I love in there that isn't unhealthy for me is inside of these this boost functionality are zaps. And with zaps, you can basically highlight any type of element on the page and you can just say, I don't want to see this. You don't want to see that one or you don't want to see all elements like it. And that is so fun to play with because you can really simplify sites. I did that with Hacker News for sure. I, I zapped a ton of the data under each link because I just don't, I don't engage at that level. I don't care mm-hmm. that it's being voted up or how many times I get it. It's on the homepage, right? Um, and I had so much fun and I really think I should probably block out some time for myself to just without yes. guilt or shame play with Arc. But yes. nice work fucking reimagining the browser. My God, it's like reimagining the bed. It is. <laughs> like, what it the is. Fuck? <laughs> no, I, I and, and I love the I love the workspaces stuff. Like that's where I can also lose like a shitload of time by just like customizing every workspace for all the little features and things that I yes. want. Like this is what model I'm in, yes. which for me works a lot better than profiles mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because I have a million browser windows open always. Yes. But if I have, you know, certain things. Yeah, I really like Arc. And Amazing. I haven't played. I haven't played with the boost stuff because I didn't know what it did, to be honest. I didn't look into yeah. it. And now this is going to be a thing that I look into and play with. It's and so fun. Um, I love it. All right. All right. My pick, and I don't think I've ever given this one before, but it's called Lossless Cut. And it is a kind of a front end for FFmpeg for editing like MP4 or other sorts of files losslessly. So like if you needed to cut out like 20 minutes at the beginning of a video or 20 minutes in the middle, mm. you could use QuickTime for that. And QuickTime Pro, RIP, QuickTime 7 Pro used to be even better where if you needed to do, and again, I don't want to open up my NLE. I don't want to open up, you know, Final Cut or Premiere or whatever. I wanted to do this losslessly. I don't want to have to re-encode. I'm just needing to move like the, you know, trim a certain part of it. I can do a lot of this in QuickTime, but I can't do like more hyper-specific things or if I want to like combine a cut where I'm like, okay, I'm going to, you know, grab these two parts out, but then I'm going to keep the rest of it. Um, lossless uh, cut lets you do that. The interface is not great. It's this is open source. Um, it's available for all platforms. I think that it's written in some sort of either Python thing or in um, you know it's it's not written in kind of a native thing. So the interface is not great. I don't care. It gets the job done. It's free. This is like the sort of good open source software shit that I'm glad exists and that you know. Um, I, I do wish that maybe like a a, a good like Mac designer, um, um a, you know, coder would step in and, and help with this. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like it's better than Calibre, which is a fucking monstrosity of a piece of software, but also necessary. And so I'm grateful for that guy. But I'm also like, God, this is a piece of shit. But I'm also like, but there's nothing else. And, and you've done all this work for free. So thank you for this, you know, book uh, e-reader software. Um, it's better than that. But like that's a low bar 
Um, but this is this is my pick of the week because I needed to do some stuff where, again, I did not want to have to transcode. I did not have to re- want to re-encode, which when I take things into yeah, yeah. my NLE, I have to. And even with, you know, M1 processors, M1 Maxes, like that takes time to, you know, export those files. And it's stupid if you're literally just taking something from the middle or taking something from the top or bottom. So yeah. um, lossless cut is, uh, is is my pick. It looks awesome. Wow. Um, cool. I'm going to play with that. Uh, just a final word. Um, school starting up or it has in some places. And I just want to salute all you teachers out there because holy shit. Thank you. Absolutely. Especially if you're good. <laughs> I saw a really interesting video on um, Christian homeschool parents who made the decision to send their kid to public school and like the top reasons that like led them to trust public schools, even though like a lot of far right Christian churches are very um, scared of public schools, uh, Mm -hmm. convinced that they are factories of the devil for churning out atheist children. Mm -hmm. Um, it, uh, if I can find that video, I'll link it. But okay, <laughs> but yes, it was in support of of teachers and our hardworking, especially public school teachers, who who uh, are doing their best to raise up smart, critically thinking children, and the private school teachers who bust their ass as well sometimes, and sure. maybe get maybe sure. get paid better. No, no, uh, no they no usually shade. get paid worse. Actually, they actually usually get paid worse. No yeah, shade but, on, but yes, school to public teachers. school. I mean, just to say, like my my sons are going into their school that has no air conditioning. It's going to be almost a hundred all week next week. Uh-huh. We were in there to see his classes last week. Each teacher has about six industrial size fans. Um, so public school teachers, it's different. I see that it's different. And thank you, extra thank you, because you are in the trenches. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Awesome. Get Welcome some sleep, back, teachers. Christina. Good to see you. <laughs> Thank you. Good seeing all of you. Get some right, sleep. Yeah. Get some sleep. Get some sleep, everybody. The system is going down low. Hey there, good people. Before you go, we have a bunch of new places where you can interact with us. Please check out our Instagram feed, our YouTube channel, Twitter, of course, and sign up for the Overtired newsletter which will sort of pick up where the show leaves off with expanded show notes, uh, a little bit of what the three of us get up to between episodes. And let's face it, there'll be some musings. How can you resist musings? You'll find details for all the ways to interact with us in the show notes and at overtired.com. And thank you, thank you, thank you, as always, for listening.